windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Hunter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Oh, it's a glorious Thursday as we get ready for homecoming Saturday. Gardner-Webb and ETSU. And it will be a 3.30 kick time, the first uh, kind of mid-afternoon game this season after the Bucs play three straight Saturday night contests. Well, here's the thing. I get the appeal of the late-night game. It is awesome. It's a great atmosphere. You've got the lights for a reason. The fans like to come out. It's, it's a great thing to mold your Saturday around. Now, for yourself and myself, selfishly, we have Brutal. to talk about it's just not good. I mean, I'm, I'm in the studio until about 2.33 in the morning. Um, you've got football to go watch uh, with Michigan and other teams that you pull for. You're up till 3, 4 in the morning. Um, different kind of grind, still a grind nonetheless. Um, and so it's uh, – I am going to enjoy this mid-afternoon game. I think it also gives the opportunity for the fans to kind of open up their Saturday nights. I think we've got a great mix this year, right? You've got a number of night games where the fans can come out and have it be a – feel like a really big college football atmosphere. And I think the tailgate scene is fantastic at ETSU. I don't ever get the chance to be out there, you know, kind of right before kickoff. But even three, four hours ahead of time, I mean, it, it's fantastic. Uh, the the amount of people that show up and the organizations around ETSU that make it a big thing as well. Um, so to have the big feel of college football at night is great. But you also have to mix in the afternoon games, also just for scheduling reasons in case some people can't make the night game. So I think we've got a great balance, and I am excited to be in the afternoon this weekend. Well, and I think once the trees and everything that they planted gets up, I, I think they may move uh, or may not do as many night games as they have uh, in this season. But it was really about you know whether that east side – People were just getting blitzed and sunburned, and then there's really no preview. So people were leaving games because it was just so brutal on them. Oh, wow. And so it was a little bit of that with the heat and some other things. So they went with some night. I'll be curious. Most of the league's gone to 6 o'clock, so we'll see if ETSU stays at 7.30, similar to baseball, just a little bit of a – it's still night, but it's a little earlier. And the other thing is – or would 7, because some of the things that you're hearing now – and, again, you can't make everybody happy. People about heat, this another. But people are leaving at halftime now because of kids can't stay up. If you bring your family, sure. it's 10 o'clock at night. And it's halftime or the Furman game where there's a delay. You deal with all that. But 3.30, homecoming, a little bit more of a traditional homecoming kick time so everyone can come and do all the stuff there is, homecoming festivities in the morning. Yep. Then uh, right around lunch, you can start your tailgate. Then you can go in. And the important thing is there's a lot of alumni groups uh, that do things uh, after the game. So then the game's over, give or take, 7, 7.30. You can go out and have some dinner with uh, friend, even if you're just meeting some friends that, that you get together every year. If you have an organization or a group that you're you're doing something with, a banquet later. then So you can really make it a good day. 3.30 is tr- 
traditionally a lot of times people will do homecoming at that time just so you can do uh, a bunch more things. So I'm excited about that, getting to 3.30 in. Then the next game after that will be 3.30 in the final game of the year, which is mid-November's 1 o'clock, which makes sense because you're just trying to hope there is heat in uh, mid-November or if it is. Uh, the chances of it being warm will be between sort of that 1 and 4 o'clock time. I teased this yesterday on the show. I need some homecoming memories from you because I love about four or five hours before the game. Um, I'll kind of be just around the mini dome and the stadium as well and see people walking around exploring campus, maybe people that haven't been back in uh, a decent amount of time or maybe some people that are scouting it out for their children. A lot of families are, are out and looking maybe at the campus and how they feel like their future for their children would look if they come here to ETSU. And um, they're just enjoying the afternoon, especially on these sunny days that we have here um, in East Tennessee in the September's, October's, weather not too cool yet. So you can wear the t-shirt, wear the shorts, and just a nice leisurely day on campus and have it capped off with the football game at night. And so that'll all be bumped up and you'll have some 9 a.m., 10 a.m., uh, meanderings around from people as well but I want to hear from you about how your homecomings have been at ETSU whether it be as a student and please keep it PG uh, and then moving on towards your time in your career here at ETSU because drastically different experiences I'm sure obviously working a number of game day events that kind of changes things as well but um, I'm sure that you've had the chance to connect with some people that maybe aren't around campus as often I know Donnie Abraham's a mystery guest we had earlier on he said he was going to try and make it up around homecoming he comes maybe you know once or twice a year but that's all something that is circled on the calendar for a lot of alumni well and then the the big thing and i think the uh, one of the few things that sticks out first of all was and i you're right I, I really don't get a chance to enjoy a lot of the festivities day of so really i enjoy the friday night especially now when they do the the parade and the pep rally and everything that that kind of goes on uh with that so i'm a big fan of that but i think the first thing that stuck out to me was the first year football was back and I know that they they did homecoming over at Kermit Tiffin Stadium so it wasn't everything that that sort of went into it when last year when it was finally on campus but to me just the emotions of people that have been wanting it back and clamoring for football back to to have a lot of people that swore they'd never come back to campus back at campus there was actually more tears in the parking lot than I thought I would see the other thing is I was amazed with uh, the number of athletes and stuff uh for example baseball is always tight with the baseball guys traveling with them and getting a chance to go see a lot of guys i haven't seen and then the baseball had a huge tailgate there was women's soccer had a huge tailgate. so there were a bunch of other sports that were able to to come back and do it and there were you know buddies of mine that went to school with me that were uh, like me that would go to the games when a lot of the students didn't go to the games back then that were showing up and so i got a chance to to see those guys i think one of my favorites though was the was my first homecoming uh, I think it was 96. I was actually at school in 95 because basic training and everything actually wasn't there for homecoming okay. uh, in the fall of 95. So 96, which was a special year anyways. But that was uh, one of the, the years I was actually doing. The student station didn't have a broadcast. And so me and a couple other guys, me and Wayne Bledsoe actually, used to go to the top of the dome. Uh, on top of the press box, I brought all the videographers, and we would broadcast in the far left corner, yeah, awesome. uh, running a phone line down. <laughs> yes. The old headsets are brutal. The Zircom yes. was a thing back yes. then. And doing. And I remember just doing the home cam- homecoming game up there, but we didn't have much of a pregame show because you know, we didn't have a format whatsoever. Sure. And we took mythical breaks and just turned <laughs> ourselves down. And we're back right. up this timeout. When you turn it down, you turn it back on when you want to There's still plenty of broadcasts around the area for smaller things to do that. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, but we were able to actually do it. But I was actually able to go out in a parking lot and, and uh, buddies and, and um, 
you know, and enjoy uh, cooking hot dogs and hamburgers yeah. and doing all the good fun stuff. And and then after that, I was actually with uh, the radio network and traveled uh, with them and did all that. Was actually expected to do have some pregame responsibilities. So yeah. the the so '96, just being able to kind of do that. The next one was when I was actually kind of the in between when I was working down in Florida and had a a, a, a bye week. I was able to come up 2001 for homecoming and was able to to watch that in the Dome. It was a year before I moved back to the area. And so I was able to uh, enjoy homecoming, see some friends. And, and we had to tailgate off campus because tailgating wasn't really legal. At least, I mean, you could tailgate, but you couldn't tailgate. Ah, right. Yeah, I so understand. Yeah, they'll put I it in a cup, wasn't a thing then. Yeah. So um, we had to tailgate across the street, basically. Uh, at the bank parking lot, if you wow. will. So we we did that, and that that was that was a a fun. So those are some some fun memories. None of those really game related to results or anything, but those are some of the uh, fun time. Because let's be honest, sometimes and I know it's always better homecoming when you win, but a majority of why people are coming back is for the experience to see one another, get reconnected to the university, and the football game just happens to be a, a thing that goes on that day. I do wonder how the indoor venue versus the outdoor venue affected things because I feel like there's a much more connected feeling when you are in your parking lot, wherever you may be with your tailgate. And you can, I can see that a the bit. field of yeah. play. Yeah, the, so the the big thing was back then uh, you could not see the sidelines. You might have been in the Dome and probably listened to podcasts you have. Uh, so you know the line of sight was not great. You couldn't see everything there. But it was especially, except for, you know, 96 was a little bit of an outlier, 97 a little bit of an outlier because teams, the rest of the time, honestly, uh, and, and I, I don't mean this to poke fun or, or, or be facetious about it, but it was sort of a ghost town. Mm. You know, you may have 1,500 people in the stands except for homecoming. Mm. The Thursday night game, so ETSU, when I, at least when I was in school up till the, it was dropped, uh, ETSU always had a first game of the year was on a Thursday night. So it's sort of a welcome back students you would go to the game. That would be jam-packed with all the new students. Then it would be two games where literally it would be 1,500 people, you you know, in the Dome. And then homecoming would be 10,000. Wow. <laughs> and, it would, and then you go back to 1,500. So homecoming was always fun because you knew the Thursday night and homecoming, for sure you're going to have crowds come to the Dome. Uh, again, taking out the 96 and then some of the 97 season. Uh, other than that, you know, when you get in the 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, yeah. Yeah. certainly 2003 there was a little bit – uh, a different story just because the program you knew it was the last year and there's some other things going on. And then you've got kind of the in-between with when it was over at Kermit Tipton, and so you are maybe in a similar position to being able to see the field, feel connected, but it's not yours, right? I mean, you may have had the connection of being near campus, at least, with the mini-dome, you know, maybe not on campus, quote-unquote, as you said, because you could tailgate but not tailgate, so you had to go somewhere else to tailgate in the way that most people like to tailgate and so you could see the dome but you couldn't see the field and you're across the street and it probably felt kind of impersonal and then you're at Kermit tipped in and it probably felt a bit more like you were a part of the action and such because well the team's just right over there and there's where they're going to play and it's just the little things I think but then to have everything merged together with this stadium now and to see as we're talking about it it just kind of paints the picture in your head of over 25 years 20-25 years how far things have really come and granted it took about a 12 year absence in there for this to really come full circle and have the um, coming together of the two different tailgate experiences into the one we see today but that is huge and you can talk to the Kermit Tipton experience a bit more versus William B. Green Jr. Stadium but that is really big because without that you don't probably have the eight, nine, ten thousand people. I think ETSU and the administration has done an incredible job of making sure that this does feel like the atmosphere it needs to for people to show up. Well, and, and you know, Kermit was just—it was different. It was like when 
Freedom Hall is different now because they at least buckingize it, right? It's, sure. It's blue and gold inside. Yeah. It looks like ETSU owns it. To an outsider coming in, they think it's your arena, even though it's not. So it's different. I think everyone knew ETSU was going to get a new stadium. It was already broken. Uh, I don't think it was broken. Eh, it might have been broken ground by then. But they at least announced where the stadium was going to go, where it was going to be. But I think it set the tone. Kermit Tipton set the tone for what homecoming would be, the tailgating, the setting your tents up, the grilling out, the doing all the other stuff. So certainly it's a, a good thing for ETSU uh, to kind of set that table for what it was last year and all the events they had. You know, there's a, a little concert they had uh, last year on campus. They did the parade. They've done other pep rallies. So uh, this year they're doing it around where you can do the parade and pep rally a little bit earlier. Then you can go to the volleyball game. Then they got yep. another function after that. So they've really done a good job of kind of um, – Taking it on the way and making it something of oh again what something to do something to come in the night before to do some things on campus to experience to get ready for football all that stuff but you can do other stuff on campus again then turn around Saturday morning and do things just it, make it a good family event for people that you know that they went there to wait to bring your kids back and say look this is where I went to school. You know, this is the pride in the school. This is what it was for former players. They can get back with teammates for fraternity sorority people. They get a chance to see people they haven't seen forever. So uh, it, it's it's everything I thought it would be moving forward when they said it was going to be back and how they were going to do it. And I know there were a lot of people that were suspect that think maybe that's not how they're going to do it. But I, I, to me, it's worked out exactly wh- what they said they were going to do, what they were going to allow, what the atmosphere is going to be like is what it's been. And we got Crazy Coach in the studio. Do you want to do Crazy Coach and then – Carol McRae, or do you want to do Carol McRae and then Crazy Coach? Either way works for me, but it's uh, it's your show. I'm just a second. Ah, we can. Let's, let's go Crazy Coach. Let's live a little. Let's go Crazy Coach second segment uh, since he, he walked in the studio. Yeah. Uh, Ruins he, the mystery for me because I had no idea who he was. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, it, is, it is sort of. Not what I was expecting. Let, let you down, right? It is a big letdown. <laughs> That's right. All right, Crazy Coach will be up with us next. we got a lot of it in, and we'll hear from Coach McRae uh, after that. And then, of course, four downs will wrap things up. Sanderson Sidekick, don't forget, you can download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can also uh, get the link on Twitter. You can listen to us. You can subscribe to RSS feed. So every time a new show is uploaded, you will be notified. We're back after this timeout. Sanderson Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Congrats, you made it! Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day, you took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a million dollars. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! 
Yeah, I've been thinking about getting the band back together, but we need a new name. Ah. How about the five seasons? Nah, not raw enough. Chuck and the prime ribs? You don't get it, do you? Sorry. I'm a butcher. Ah. My bad. How about four New York strips? Now that's music to my ears. At Food City, our butchers are so good at what they do, you'll think they can do anything. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Ice, T-Bone, the beefy boys, the tenderizers. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. Uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up and bow our necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood, too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block him, But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. Oh, it's Crazy Coach Thursday. Well, Crazy Coach is in studio now. I'm wondering because our phone system is a little bit uh, fly-by-night. So I'm wondering if you ever get to actually hear that intro for you, Crazy Coach, or if that's the first time you've actually gotten the full feel on it. No, I, I hear it. I hear it, and I, uh, I'm i actually called early so I can hear it because it is awesome. But uh, I just, you know, I'm kind of disappointed. You guys definitely deserve to be on radio. <laughs> I, mean, I, I came in here to the show, and I, I, this is what I get. You two, yeah. I mean, uh, well, don't, don't we have any like another sidekick we could parade around or something? You know, that'd be nice. An, an, another I'm sidekick, sure. you know. Well, we gave well yesterday we gave Trey an opportunity, and well, that, that, that felt hideous. miserably. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just happy like Angry Man's not here because oh, I'm, I'm still recovering Oof. from last week. How underwhelmed are you by this big empty room that we are in? Like, realistically, looking around, I mean, it is devastating, isn't it? Well, I was coming in thinking Dan Patrick's studio. <laughs> that is and, and, well, and, the, and the 22 producers he has, yeah, too, right? Consider the talent versus what you're looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, Dan Patrick, he, you know, he, he's good at what he does, and I know I can't think of his real name because he played at the University of Dayton. He was on the basketball team at UD. Did he? There's no records he, of him. <laughs> he played on a team, but I don't know what kind of you know stats he put put up. So 
Well, he's got a Marconi, and I don't think those are coming he, our way anytime soon. But he he does talk he does talk about that he played there. That, I did know that fun fact yeah. that he was he's a, a flyer. And I will say this: the other thing I like about him is when he just gets a little frustrated from the show, he goes over there. If he's mad at producer, he shoots a little hoop. He hits a golf ball. He's doing a. I mean, I'm, I I can wad a piece of paper up and see how far I can throw. That's about the extent of what we got. Now, here's the one positive over what Dan Patrick has. He does have about seven guys jammed in a room, a really tiny room, doing a bunch of different jobs and everything. We've got kind of the run of this operation. We've got plenty of room to We can change it up when out. we need to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can move over to that corner or that corner. It's not good because it's radio. We're not on Facebook Live today, so I'm pointing at things that people have no idea what I'm talking about. But middle of the room, over here behind Solid the curtain. Solid radio. could be good. You know, I, I – that blank space really worries me. Yeah. We need to get some sponsors. That I'm, just screams that we have nothing, doesn't it? Yeah. We yeah, it need, does. like. Uh, it just says we are a beginning fledgling show starting to spread our wings and fly. Here's the thing. You know. I'm worried that we've already done our best shows and we're never going to do anything like yeah, we've done fair. already. That's fair. You peaked early. Yeah. We've got about five weeks of shows people are never going to hear. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. Let's go. All right, let's go. Uh, what, what are we going to go with for which one? I know which well, I know which ones you have. Which one do you want to run first yeah, for coach? We I think we should do James Franklin um, at Penn State from this past week. And the audio is a little bit grainy because it's from post game on the field and the music's blaring and it's actually an exchange between a fan and James Franklin where Franklin tries to break away from his security and go up to the fan. Let's hear it, Trey. <laughs> In other words, I love you to death. I love you to death. I love you to death. Yeah, it, it's tough to hear, but what you hear is a fan of the front row who's got the sideways hat, the long hair, and looks like a total tool. He's yelling at James Franklin. He might, uh, he might have pre-gamed well, a lot I'm before sure, the game. I'm, I'm just sure throwing he did, and there. football games are long. But uh, he is yelling at Coach, fourth and five, you got to throw the ball. That was a bad call. As Franklin's about ten feet away from walking up the tunnel. Franklin yells back, I appreciate your input, and then does a swim move over the top of the security guard to try and get to him. Thankfully, he's protected by about two, three people. And then he says, I love you. The fan says to Franklin, I love you, but that's a bad call. I love you. I love you. And I think he's sensing that Franklin's getting pretty angry and wants to kind of go up. And there's a walkway to the stands right there, too. There's a stairway right up to the first row. So it could have gotten ugly. Well, I I don't know. They have a, um, you know, what's our uh, security here? What's it called? What's the security at the ETSU on the field? Uh, well, actually, actually, each coach has Axis. it. Yes, but, but but each coach has its own uh, state. Tro- so he he was actually fighting state troopers. Wow. And if, so Franklin has like four of them. Wow. Randy Sanders has has two if it's a home game, one if it's a road game. Wow. So there's one public safety, and there's a state trooper at all times. But the state trooper goes on the road with the team. So at ETSU, you only have one. But at home, as you can imagine, James Franklin, he may have two on the road. He had four actual like state troopers with him that were uh, trying to hold him back. Well, it, it was a bad. You know, he admitted it was it a bad was call. A bad call yeah. I mean, and then uh, you know, you, he did own it. I'll give. Yeah, that. I mean, it's, it what if it worked? It would have been like, hey, he fooled everybody. He, you know. He fooled everybody. It's easy to be, you know, that Monday morning quarterback. But you, I didn't see it, but you can uh, sort of hear the frustration in the voice. Uh, and then people, you know what people if, you know, I coached all those years. And now, you know, you go to games and you sit in the stands. It, what people say in the stands sometimes scare me. And then you look around and you see their, their kids are sitting next to them. I'm like. You know, if it was on radio, public radio, it'd be like beep, 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 beep. I'm like, this is just sitting in front of kids. People get out of hand, and, you know, especially after a game like that, you know, your frustration's got to be high. 
I mean, that takes you, knocks you out of the, you know, national championship game. And it's what, a minute after the play? Yeah. You, know, you shake hands with the with the coach and then you go off and you hear that. And I think that's his issue. If it was Monday morning quarterback, and I don't think he would have had a problem, but you're talking like a couple minutes after he did make just a bad call and it right. looked like that. And like you said, though, he's brilliant if he runs the draw on fourth and five. Oh, nobody saw that coming. That's incredible. Now, with Franklin, after he was very fired up in the postgame press conference as well, he didn't talk a whole lot about the play, but just basically said, we're done being a great program. We need to be elite so he said you know we just lost to an elite program that's the difference is going to that extra class getting in for that extra rep in the weight room giving the extra effort on that play in uh in practice or or in the game for that matter so uh it was uh, it was incredible the amount of energy and that's the kind of coach he is right everyone knows james franklin for having that kind of energy now i'm wondering for you crazy coach because you did coach basketball there's at least a divider of you know seven eight feet between the field and the stands where basketball you don't really got that were you ever close at any point to turning around, if maybe you didn't, saying, "Look, will you shut your mouth? Like, what, are you are you out of your mind right now? Or, or did you ever have a confrontation with a fan? Or better yet, have you ever had to hold back an assistant coach? Uh, uh, because I, I don't think you're that guy, but I know a couple assistants you work with yeah. where you may have had to play the peacemaker for. Them. <laughs> well, the, people will say stuff, and, yeah. and we, you got to pick you can and hear choose. It, I'm sure, yeah. You have to pick and choose because now with all the cameras, I will say this: I was involved in a game at NC State. And uh, we were getting hammered by the three guys out there, not the guys that were wearing the home uniform. Not, yeah. not the five guys, right. but right. the other three. The yeah. other you get three what guys. You're playing eight guys that right. night. Right? Yeah. We were just putting it to us. And the uh, NC State at the time had all the kids right behind us. I mean, the, the students sat literally – there was no room between my chair and the guy behind them. There was a security guard next to us, right? And they were just crushing us. And the game was over, and I turned around and said that one kid was brutal. And I said, dude, now I know how you feel when you play North Carolina. <laughs> and he had no response. Yes. He had no response. So, you, I mean, in a coach, uh, I think you sort of got to play with it if there's any kind of, you know, interaction. But it's best not to even get involved. Do you enjoy – and this is a prime example. I've talked to other uh, coaches. I've talked to players about this, and not at the college level. A couple of times I've interacted with some pro-level players, and I've, I've asked this before. Are you amazed with the courage that the fans have when they think like they can say whatever? And then when the situation where Franklin decides, you know, I'm going to take a left turn and come right at Kid you. starts backing It off. is amazing yeah. how quickly the reality of, yeah, I don't know if I really, you know, it's fun to sit here and say that. Didn't but really think this through. Liquid strength. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The liquid strength. The old courage, you know, right? gets yeah. you going. And then, the, you know, the thing now is with the Internet, you have all the frauds or the tough guys. That What would happen to the Internet if you really had to put your name down on everything? So, like on, like, all the, um, you know, I, like, you know, they got those. Uh, message boards. Message boards yeah, yeah. where you go on there and the people are like. You're a username. I'm like, you got a username. Yep. Hey, what's your name? Dude, tell me your name. Yep. You know, say it. Or, like, when. Calling talk shows. Well, yeah, but because I, I want you. I'm okay. That's a valid point because the people you're criticizing are people with names, right? Right. Like, like it's one thing if you're on a message board of another team and you're two message board guys going at one another. It's another thing when you're completely blasting people, right? Uh, whether it's a coach, player, administrator, whatever, sh- and and you just do it from from no man land because let's be honest every once in a while you need something from that coach or uh, ad or player or whatever so they don't want it out there i saw one uh, it was at the about the penn state a national writer 
um, I wish I could remember, just said, he called Franklin a moron. He says, what a moron for calling that play. Wow. Now, it might have been a moronic play. Right. But He's the, certainly not a moron. Don't the man. Yeah. But call the man that. I was like, can you imagine? I said, to call somebody that over a play, yes, it was. A, you could call him the worst coach in America that second. It might have been a bad play. I'm not a football guy. It might have been a bad play. But to go on site and call a guy a moron, yeah. to me, and I one day I, I was just going through it was on Twitter and I was like um, unbelievable, that, I mean I I had no response for it I couldn't you know why why even give the guy credit so yeah. you got another one you do some stupid things but you're not stupid Jay well no you, you no, we talking I would math disagree with that. Oh, are we well, talking math yeah well, fair I, enough I mean that's, right like Jay it's thirty seven for the other team <laughs> we got twenty nine how many are we down. <laughs> Don't say 10. <laughs> the blank look in his <laughs> eyes right now. Eight. For some reason, it ended up 10 Eight, and 11. Oh, boy. Now, you know, I really struggle, and this is, where, this is where he got this, because it kept bouncing between 9 and 11, yeah. and I would I was always wrong. When it was 9, I would say 11, and when it was 11, I would say 9. You never and, learned and, to uh, subtract the, like, if it's a 7 and a 6, uh, like please, 37, please 26, please, 7 minus please, 6. Okay. Please stop. <laughs> You're please starting stop. to hurt already. Yes. Okay. Uh, our next one. Does Sonny listen? Oh, gosh. <laughs> She tries not to, I'm sure. Dirk Cutter, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Chicago Bears really put it to him this past week, and the game was over by <laughs> not early enough. I mean, First 20 quarter. minutes in. Yeah, 20 minutes in, 25 minutes. Halftime, certainly, it was like 35-3. to three. And Mitch Trubisky had thrown for five touchdowns, ended up adding a sixth. And Dirk Cutter uh, had this to say after the game. We, we were horrific in all aspects of football today, all aspects. Based on that game today, we couldn't make enough changes. We should fire every person that was on that field today, starting with me. That was that was horrific. Crazy coach, have you ever called for your own firing? Never. Never. Don't ever do that. <laughs> Don't let a guy that has a billion dollars and can replace you tomorrow. Don't put that in his head. Don't even let you think about it. Just say, hey, give him a bad game plan, something. Just don't say, hey, we all need to be fired because they can come in and, and just do fire you. And make it happen. So the guy owns what? He owns Tampa. He owns uh, a hockey – or not a hockey, a soccer club over in England that's worth billions. He can write the check tomorrow and say, okay, you, you admitted you were screwed up, made bad plays, you're gone. And you're the other gone. thing is we, we like the defense coordinator too. That's uh, Mike Smith, former ETSU. Oh, he's down there? Yeah, he's their defense coordinator. Matter of fact, uh, Cutter worked for him in Atlanta. So when he got the head coaching job in Tampa, Mike Smith was out. He said, "Hey, <laughs> it's amazing how that happens. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. All that goes through." So you got and, one and more. And by the way, Trubisky, I know people that were trying to trade him at halftime the week before. Uh, angry man. Yes. <laughs> okay. So <we're> <laughs> angry sure. man Just was, sure. was, you know, for some reason, angry man like he flips. Does he? Is he on meds? No, he, he should is. be. He yeah, should be right. Seriously, be. you yeah, know, oh. I, I smoke some cigars now and then with a psychologist. I think maybe we should. I'll bring him over here. No, no, yes. no. You, you know, you know what I used to do when when I when I got out of uh, first got back from the war. Right, the VA uh, makes you do mandatory PTSD type stuff, and so every once in a while I would have angry man tell me what all he was angry about, and then I would talk to a therapist so they could tell me, <laughs> and I would come back and relay it to him to make him. You're a good friend. So you he, didn't relay the meds. Well, at, 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 <laughs> at, at one point in time, I had to start taking new tests, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to bring that up anymore because at some point they may not let me out. So Earl Thomas. Mm. He 
Speaking of flipping, Ooh, this is a good one. flipped the bird to his own sideline after breaking his leg in last week's game. Now, the whole backstory is he was looking for a contract extension or at least a restructuring of his contract. He was holding out basically all summer. Then he said, I want to go play for the Dallas Cowboys, right? And he, there's been a bunch of drama around that. He wants to finish his career in Dallas, didn't get that new contract, and now in his contract year, he's got a broken leg and isn't going to be able to finish out the year. Still making, by the way, I looked this up just to – see exactly what the dollar figure was that he was at and where he wanted to be. He's still over $10 million this year, 10.4. He got a four-year, $40 million deal. He's collecting 8.9 on base and 1.5 on the signing bonus. So the guy's not going hungry, but he held out for that new contract, didn't get it. He held out all year up until like the last week before the regular season. Decided to cave because Seattle wouldn't uh, wouldn't do the same. And so breaks his leg now in a contract year. Who knows what his status will be going into next year. He felt that flipping the bird to a sideline was the right thing to do. Pete Carroll, now I'll give him credit. It was a very mature reaction for Pete Carroll. He said, firstly, it's a big stadium that could have been going anywhere. Okay, I don't know if I love that And response. they were the road team, right? And that's his point. Sure. But uh, then in his radio show on Monday, he said, basically, you got to cut the guy some slack. Very emotional time. I'm sure that he was going through everything in his head of, here's what i got to do to get back. Here's all this money that's out the door. I tried to get this from these guys. They wouldn't cave. They don't care about me. And on and on and on. So your thoughts on the decision from Thomas to flip out his own sideline, I thought it was the greatest heel turn in the history of sports. And then have you ever come to a situation like that with one of your players where he has flipped you the bird or said something derogatory in your direction? No. Let's uh, get on Earl first. He, that was a bad reaction. I'm sure he's going to get a fine from the league for that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm gonna, I will give him a little benefit. I mean, you went through all that and then break your leg. But the good part is, because he broke his leg, right, he gets paid all year. So now he's, his body's not going to take a pounding. So it's just a matter of how, you know, how the re, he comes back from the leg injury, which uh, a broken leg is much better than ligaments or whatever. So yes. they'll put a pin in it or something. I actually end up being stronger. So, But his reaction, yeah, you, I mean, there's plenty of kids in and, and the stadium. But, you know, you see it on TV and you don't see it. You know, yeah. they black it out, so boom. And in, in regards to a player, yeah, I've had players go off on you. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, you got to figure it out. You know, what's what? where'd the emotion come from? You know, especially with when I was coaching, you are coaching, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Would they go through that day? You know, and then was it once? You know, once I can deal with, twice – might be time to hit the highway, you know. You just got to uh, you, you got to deal with it. And the kids are kids, and um, and that's the funny part. How now we get to be an adult, we're crushing all these eighteen and nineteen yeah, year old kids. Right. And I, 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 and you. I don't know about you, but you, Mister Santos, glad that we didn't have video when we were 16, 17, and 18 for some of the things we did. That's fair. You know, right? We don't want it or, out there. Yeah, social media and it's and, crazy. Uh, flip social. phones with a camera or even camera yeah. phones, whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, your first phone, I mean, you know, I know it was in a bag. It's one of those bag phones, so what the heck. So. What was it most often about when they go off on your playing time? Playing time yeah. is the number one thing. Right. Or when you bring them out of the game. Okay. Like, hey, dude, you just had three turnovers in 12 seconds. <laughs> you know, and then they go off on you. Saying, blaming it on the other guy. Right. Yeah. How many times have you wanted to give the one finger salute to your players, but you couldn't? <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's flip that. How, yeah. how often would you like to give your team that and just walk Maybe off? Maybe not players, but 
some administrators I've worked for, <laughs> you want to say, dude, really? You have no clue? You no clue? Now, you sound, you sound like a bit of a psychologist yourself here talking about communicating with kids. Maybe you could counsel Angry Man. Uh, no. <laughs> there's, there's a cycle that might not work. Yeah, you you, you got to know your boundaries and who <laughs> yeah, you, can, sure, sure. you can help. Know your lane. I you know, stay in your you lane. You have, yeah, I got how that. far can you go? He's just like, just like Angry Man said, you know, get out of the left lane, right? Yeah. That's what you just did right there. You got out of the left lane, got in the right, and yeah. let Angry Man go right on by you. The worst part, I, I'm like criticizing about, you know, that whole – you know, angry about his driving, and I get on the road to go five hours, and I'm not on on the road for five minutes, and there's one guy in the left lane got 12 cars backed up. It is true. I mean, what the heck? And it I love that true. he took a picture and sent it to me, an angry man. <laughs> <laughs> so Just to let us know he felt his pain. So, yep, I love so that. It's all good. All right, Crazy it. Coach, Great good to job. have you in studio, Thanks, buddy. No problem, and then next time in the studio, there will be – I'm going to go out and get a sponsor. Okay. I mean, who do you want? Now we got who do, who do we want? Right. Who do you want? Let's just calm down. Can we do who Miller Lite? Can, uh, we could. Yes. Is that legal? Who yeah. can you get? Who, I mean, Light? if you want to go to Lynchburg and talk you know. talk to the good folks oh of Mr. Daniels down there, you get How about? Can you imagine? Oh, we. I'll wear a number seven shirt. A dream come true for you. You know? Can we get like? We can't do Coco, can we? Uh, that is a negative. I, okay. I, well, I guess we do have limits. I guess yeah, we do have go, limits. Go, don't we? So, there okay. are certain things we need to we need to get here. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, D and K management? You never know. You know uh, Joseph A. D- Bank. We could certainly you know? use some uh, some suits, right? <laughs> yes. Some dress. I don't yeah. know. They they got limits too. JC Penney's. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. whatever he got. Uh, right. belt, so it just depends how many times you're going to be on live Facebook. That's the key. Preferably something with food. That's what I oh, like. Yeah. Food would be yeah, great. You know, yeah, we, I mean, like we got to know somebody. In Chick-fil-A in town yeah, here. What's we got up? a few. We'll get on that. All right, Crazy Coach, got to go. We got to get to Thanks, Coach. Uh, coach McCray. One coach, one crazy coach to a Peace. legitimate coach. Zero. Appreciate it. All right, Sanderson Sidekick, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes. Don't forget to download us. We will hear from the Gardner Web head coach, Carol McCray, right after this timeout on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. 
Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's Kidding locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Sandos in the sidekick. Sandos has stepped out. Sidekick is in. I am Mike Gallagher. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud. Every day we upload podcasts around 1 o'clock. Facebook Live, usually Monday through Friday. Of course, today we had no Facebook Live. Uh, an obligation and a conflict arose, and so we couldn't do that. But usually Monday through Friday, or pardon me, Tuesday through Friday, and then Monday we have Facebook Live with the Monday press conference with Randy Sanders. And speaking of head coaches in the football realm, and that will be involved at William B. Green Jr. Stadium on Saturday afternoon, 3.30, Gardner-Webb kickoff, 2 o'clock pregame on WXSM AM 640. The extreme sports monster, Bucks and running Bulldogs in homecoming for ETSU. We had a chance to speak to the coach on the other side of the ball, Carol McRae in his sixth season at his alma mater. A long road full of stops along the way came full circle six years ago for Carol McRae, who was an offensive lineman for his alma mater and current program he's in charge of taking over in 2013 for this week's opponent for the Bucks, Gardner-Webb. His other stops, Appalachian State, South Carolina, Sanford, Mississippi State, Austin P. and his first head coaching gig, Furman, Mercer, North Greenville for his second stint as a head man and for the last six years for the running Bulldogs. Coach, welcome. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. And I got to ask, the first thing that comes to my mind when I look at that resume is, man, this coach has seen a lot of different ways of doing things in a lot of different places. When I ask you to summarize 35 years of coaching with the one lesson or one theme you've seen from successful programs over your years, what comes to mind? Good players outdo any kind of coaching. I can tell you that. You can put them in position to make plays, but, you know, in the end, you know, the great players make the plays to help you win games. And, um, you know, a lot of times just those mature football teams that in that third, fourth, and fifth year that uh, over time you see those are the programs that uh, they can sustain those kids, you know, and have an older football team on a consistent basis are the ones that are winning on a steady level. And um, over the years, you know, that's probably what I've seen. And, and then other than that, everywhere I've been, and I still think it's true today, those that, 
can run the football and play tough defense are going to have a chance to win more games than not. And I think that can be proven time and again from the FBS level to FCS to Division two, three, and on down. Let's talk about Gardner-Webb now. What I think a lot of people know your program for is their upsets. 2013 and on, your team has 15 wins total. Five of them are against top 15 teams. What's the philosophy behind scheduling all the top teams that you do? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of lent itself to our location. And uh, when you play in the Big South Conference, our conference is fluctuated. You know, we only have five conference games. Uh, next year we will add Campbell and North uh, Alabama, and so we will have more conference games. But over a good long period of time since we've been here, the second half of your season is all conference play at the very end, and you're only getting five or six. So as you try to schedule five or six, seven games, depending on if you're playing 12 or 11, it's just common for us to schedule games out of the Southern Conference, uh, the CAA, uh, the MEAC, and our surrounding area. When I got here, you know, we had Richmond and some of the guys from up in the Virginia area on our schedule. And uh, since then, you know, we constantly take home two or three uh, Southern Conference teams. It's it's common for us to play Furman, Wofford, Western Carolina. We have played Elon on a home-and-home home, uh, before they left the Southern Conference and now CAA. But our location lends toward playing in the Southern Conference, a lot of non-conference schedule, and there's a lot of good ranked Southern Conference teams. So that's kind of where our schedule comes from, and a lot of it's budgetary, uh, places that we can go on a, a day game and not have to spend the night or have to spend uh, extra money for meals. And then the other teams, of course, Walford, Furman, Western, they all make us day trips. So it has to do with their location, it has to do with some of their budget, and it has to do there's a lot of good football in the surrounding area. Okay, those are a couple big questions to start. Let's scale it down a bit to the current date. Tough start to the season. You win your opener over Division II Limestone, but currently on a four-game losing streak after that game with some really top-level opponents, of course. FBS Appalachian State, your first coaching job, two top six teams in the country at the time you played them in North Carolina A&T and Wofford. Then Western, you were really in that game for the better part of 50 minutes, and they just took their first loss of the year last week, so that could be a solid squad, too. What's to be gleaned out of the first five weeks from your team? Well, I've seen a lot of fight in our football team. You know, we've got a lot of young guys that are, you know, getting out there, getting their uh, experience. And, um, you know, some are maybe getting a little more experience than they had first all when they arrived. But uh, I've seen a lot of growth out of a lot of our guys, seen a lot of growth out of our defensive ends. Um, up front on our defensive side of the football. I've seen some young linebackers really grow and make some plays. And then, you know, offensively, uh, we had some experience coming back uh, up front on the offensive line, although we're, we're beating bang. we got some of those guys out now. But our quarterback position, you know, we've got four kids in the quarterback room. They're all first-year players. So I've seen those guys grow some. And um, I think, we're on, you know, we're a team on the grow each and every week we learn. And um, I think we've seen some guys really take advantage of the snaps they've had and take big steps as we go. Uh, our biggest uh, Achilles heel right now is just we haven't been consistent. And, um, you know, that's the word for the week, to be more consistent offensively and defensively so that we can show more on the scoreboard that we are taking steps as individuals. You alluded to it a bit. Very young team this year. I counted 24 upperclassmen of your 87 players that leave 63 underclassmen. Do you approach how you coach a team like this differently than one that's, say, a bit more senior? 
Well, we're having, certainly having to be real positive with the guys. And, um, you know, we coach on a positive uh, strategy down here anyway, and we think, we, you know, we go with the weekend and we will uh, philosophy, and I try to see the good things in them and then uh, be very specific about things that they need to work on and give them one or two things a week, and they got to get corrected for us to take a step and work toward winning a ball game here right around the corner. Uh, but we're real positive with our kids. And, um, you know, we want them to understand we believe in them and we know that in time that uh, we think we can match up with the guys we got and uh, turn the scoreboard in our favor. You mentioned growth. You saw ETSU in 2015 and you're seeing them Saturday. There's been a lot of growth there as well. What differences do you see when you flip on the tape? Well, I had a chance to go back. I keep a file and a folder on everybody we play. Mm -hmm. And um, Coach Torbush, you know, came down here with his team in 15 and, I went back immediately on Sunday and started to look at the ones that came to the game here uh, with the East Tennessee State team in that first year and the ones that are still playing now. You know, and highlighted six on offense, uh, four on defense, all three of the specialists. Then I looked at our roster uh, to only see that there's six guys that we'll bring up there that in our team were even here in 15. Mm. But the biggest difference I see is uh, – Certainly, I, I see that they've developed depth. Uh, that's number one. And um, I certainly think their off-season, their strength program has been uh, very good. I see a strong uh, football team up front on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. That's the first thing that I look at. You know, I'm an offensive line coach. I usually look at the offensive line first and the defensive line and then start working around to the perimeter from there. But I think they've done a really good job in their offseason growing these young men. I know there are a lot of red shirts now that are playing for them that weren't with them in 15 that played the next year. And uh, you can see that, uh, you know, they've done their work. They've believed in the program. And now they've stuck through transition uh, with Coach Sanders, and they're seeing that paying off. You know your team, of course, as well as anyone. You've studied ETSU, seen them once already since football's been back. What are keys to victory for your side, Coach, when the two meet Saturday? Well, first thing, offensively, you know, Coach Taylor's a very aggressive defensive coach. You know, real pressure you on defense, uh, a lot of man coverage. So we got to handle the pressure uh, with a young quarterback, and uh, we've got to give him things he can do that will get the ball out of his hand. If we hold the football very long, it won't be good for us. So we've got to handle the pressure with our offense and their defense. I think what we've got to do, main thing uh, for our defensive kids is, you know, we got to do a better job, you know, fitting the gaps, make sure we got an edge on our defense, and we've got to play the deep ball over the top when they try to take the top off our defense. We've got to make sure that we got guys on top of those deep routes. they got some good weapons, really good backs, and they got some good weapons. Uh, they mix the ball around and do a whole lot of things. I certainly see a lot of Coach Sanders uh, in this offensive football team, things that I've followed him over the years from uh, Tennessee to Kentucky to Florida State and on and on. And uh, he certainly got his DNA on the offense, spreading the ball around and doing a good job. They're hard to draw a beat on, a lot of different formations, and they do a real good job using their tight ends, as I've seen him do over his career. Coach, we appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you Saturday. Mike, I appreciate the phone call. Good luck to you all this week. That's Carol McRae from Gardner-Webb, head coach in his sixth season. All those stops, how about that, including a couple in the Southern Conference, and this is his third head coaching stop, 35 years of coaching football. I mean, that's quite some time. He's been in all the schools around the area, it seems like, and has had a ton of success. Gardner-Webb struggling a bit this year, but we've talked to Fabian Fuentes and also now Coach McRae on the podcast this week, and really the themes it seems like they have highlighted are youth 
and injuries. And those are two, those are two big things to watch for from Gardner website as we go into Saturday. But then you hear Randy Sanders, and we even heard Austin Herrick and Blake Bockroth talk about in the Monday press conference that this opponent is not to be taken lightly, and if the Bucks do, it could be trouble. When we come back, four downs, Jay Sandos reappears, and Trey Adams back in studio as well. This is Sandos and the Sidekick of the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 19- 13. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now. Four. Now. Four. Now. Four. 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 Now. You think you'll sleep tonight? Who doesn't <laughs> love Thursdays when you can get the I four down the sarcasm? Bumper. Oh boy! All right, it is the ever popular four down with the Treyofus Adams, if you will, back in the studio. First down. All right, so ETSU taking on Gardner Webb this weekend. Of course, the defense has been ferocious this year. They forced eleven total turnovers, five interceptions, and six fumbles on Saturday. Will the Bucks force an interception or a fumble first? Well, I like how you're going with that both are going to happen. I love the confidence. 
Uh, I tell you what, Gardner Webb has thrown seven interceptions, so percentages would say interceptions. But I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going fumble. I'm going to say interception. The secondary builds on their incredible momentum built last week, and they force uh, even bigger mistakes this week. They broke up the long passing game at Chattanooga last week. This week it's going to be more plays that will show up uh, on the stat sheet and lead to points for the ETSU offense. Second down. All right, so now we move away from football to the MLB playoffs. Of course, things kicking off tonight. It's the Rockies and the Brewers, the Braves and the Dodgers. Of course, the Rockies had a fantastic uh, 2-1 to victory in the 13th inning versus Chicago Tuesday night. Guys, who you got in both of these games? Uh, They're all dead to me. <laughs> They're all dead to me. I was not upset that I stayed up for the game yeah, on Tuesday night. I wasn't tremendously upset. I was going for the Rockies. I, I just don't want the Cubs to turn into what the Red Sox turned into, and there's too many similarities. Epstein is in Chicago now, and they broke a long string of championshipless baseball. I don't want them to get two or three more like Boston got and have it be like, oh, everybody's a Chicago fan. Oh, it's great. You know, and They're just going to become obnoxious like Boston fans did. Well, I'm going to answer the question, I will go Milwaukee and the Dodgers. I agree. Third down. All right, uh, fantasy football, yes. your best and worst fantasy pickup. I've got a lot of bad pickups this year so now far. Th- that we have made individually? This yes. year? Oh, yes. boy. Yeah, just <laughs> can, this year. Can you sift through all of the terrible pickups? That, now, here's here's what I'll say. It wasn't a pickup, but I traded Julio Jones for Derrick Henry. <laughs> wow. Now, it, it is a dynasty wow. league. It's a dynasty league, so I can keep Derrick Henry for, uh, quote-unquote, dollars they're they're fake dollars of course it's like you get a 200 hundred dollar quote-unquote budget i can keep him for 11 next year um and so julio jones i would have had to keep for like 45 obviously julio jones the great play in the short term derrick henry has not worked out yet but i'm hoping that something turns things around the titans are looking solid at the overtime victory hopefully he turns things around on the ground well it's it's still it, terrible <laughs> It's actually for next week. Uh, I had picked up because my starting quarterback has a bye week, so I thought, well, who's out there? And I thought, you know, let's get Ryan Tannehill. That's a solid pick, right? And then I realized week six they play the Bears in Chicago. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I thought, oh. But uh, so far this year, my honestly, uh, my pickups haven't been bad. Now, I'm sure that's going to turn ugly quickly because it always does, but uh, um, I'm trying to think. I picked up. Uh, well, no, I did pick up Rex uh, uh, Burkhead. No, no Burkhead. <laughs> I did pick up him and, uh, and the, the week he got hurt for IR. So I'll go with that. That was actually my worst. Now, I, I, in terms of best, again, this isn't – I've been more active in the trade market than the uh, the free agent wire. I just traded yesterday Devontae Adams for Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Now, my worry is Howard hasn't been great. Neither was Cohen until last week, and they're saying they're going to kind of put him in a time split. Who do I play? I have no idea. But I actually like that move for me because I was loaded at receiver. Fourth down. All right, so Jacob first talked about this earlier this week. He brought this attention to me. In a couple of weeks, ETSU playing Wofford. If both teams can take care of business and have that potential incredible Southern Conference matchup, will college game day go to Spartanburg? Oh, yes. I love it. Should they or will they? Both. Should they? Absolutely. Should they? Why in the world? There could be a bigger game in college football in two weeks. They looked. Now, they looked at the schedule, and it's a pretty light week that week, so I think it's possible. We would definitely, uh, and they have gone to FCS before. They they're have. Not, They've gone to Division three. Let's make it happen. They went to St. That's John, true. St. That's St. Right. They've done right. a bunch that's of different right. things. I, no. I love it. Fantastic. Good question. Thanks, Trey. Yes, sure. All right, that'll do it. Santa Sidekick. Don't forget, tomorrow is Ever Popular Friday. That means Austin Herrick and the Route Tree will have that for you. 
as we do every Friday. Austin breaking down not just the previous week and setting up this week, but he'll have everything moving forward on the route tree tomorrow. Sanderson sidekick.